Hello, I'm glad you joined us online right now. There's a great deal of intentionality that goes into building a house that becomes a home when a family moves into it. Here's a blueprint of our home. This is one page of many. Here's a drawing of it. The drawing helps to get a vision of what the finished product will look like. These are different colors uh, from our home, but the same model. Here's a picture of our house after it was built. No family is perfect. They are, are all more or less ideal, yet the family we come from shapes who we are in a powerful way. I, I grew up in Southgate, California, eight and a half miles from downtown L.A. I enjoyed growing up there, and I love cities now. I went to L.A. City Schools uh, through ninth grade, which shaped my values early on, and I had to get over some of those values uh, in time. My dad was an electrician, uh, which impacted my mentality. My parents were Christ followers and very involved in the church, a powerful shaper of who I am. The, the way the parents, my parents related to me and they made decisions shaped and impacted me a great deal. At the outset, I want to say no parent is perfect. All of us will experience the gap between the ideal and the real. One of my major concerns as a parent was that I was going to mess my kids up and they would have to get counseling. Uh, I, I know myself and I am far from perfect. I, I noticed that Thad had a bad look on his face when I mentioned disciplining kids. And one time we were driving to baseball practice and I saw the look and the Holy Spirit prompted me to ask him about it. He said, remember that time you were really hard on me? I got carried away in anger and he knew, he knew it and I did too. At that moment, God's spirit said, you need to clear it up with that. And so I did. I asked his forgiveness and he, he said later on when he was about 20 or 22, I don't know. He, he didn't remember that conversation. They, he didn't remember that event. I, I bet he would have remembered it if I hadn't cleared it up. The principles for parenting apply across the board to all kinds of relationships. So if you're not a parent, please don't check out. You'll get insight in this series for all kinds of relationships. First, God shows us the pattern for parenting by raising up and training Israel. God birthed the nation, and 
raised up Israel to be a people who would reflect his wisdom to the rest of the world so that the entire world would be drawn to him. His goal was to raise them to excel, not just survive. God was parenting them to establish a God-honoring culture that would continue even in a hostile environment. They went into Canaan was a totally hostile environment. This is what we face today as parents. Many competing influences and a culture with a a current pulling kids in a destructive direction. To do this, we would need to follow God from the heart and with all our heart. We can learn a lot from the way God related to Israel. He related like a father to his children. This is God's example for parents. First, he was relating to them in kindness and faithfulness. These are two qualities that build trust, loving kindness and faithfulness. Next, he was instructing them very specific laws that to be carefully lived by. And they were visually displayed, as it says in chapter 27 of Deuteronomy. And God gave reasons for the instructions in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. He didn't have to do that. But he gave reasons anyway. Also, he was disciplining disciplining them as a father disciplines his children. Finally, he was showing them his supernatural power. Of course, God is God and showed his incredible power to help Israel get out of slavery in Egypt. And God commands his people to use two methods in training their children. Example, we can never take our children somewhere we haven't been. Our example is very powerful. Our kids will learn from it or react to it but it will always leave an imprint. Explanation. We we have to tell them and coach them, or they won't get it on their own. We have to explain what we're doing to them. God's people are called to ex- apply God's parenting principles to parenting their kids and then explain what you're doing. God's pattern for parenting is an example for all of us parents. How to take your kids to the right destination. Here's a picture of a whole van. The K is for kindness, the I is for instruction, the D is for discipline, the S for supernatural power, and the E's 
are for example and explanation. Here's a summary of how these things work together. Kindness is the large hatch that allows you to easily load stuff in the back of the van. It helps your kids hear your instructions and heed your discipline. Instruction provides the frame and body of the van, which provides kids with structure and stability. Discipline is like the seat belts and airbags that provide protection. Supernatural power, God's power is the engine that provides the power and we need to rely on parenting our kids on God every day. As parents, we, we must re- rely on God's power and introduce our kids to his power. Exampling. To set an example, you need to get power from the engine. Explanation is how you steer the van in the right direction. So, at the start of this message series, I'd like to walk through what God says about parenting. The Bible has much more to say about parenting, but we'll look at three passages right now that say some things. Genesis 1.28 says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, uh, of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Immediately after God created the first people, male and female, he instructed them to start a family. Marriage and family are God's inventions and intentions for our lives. He is for marriage and family life. Next is a passage that is very important uh, in the history of Israel and for Jewish folks today. It is referred to as Shema, which is the Hebrew word for hear. The force of this word in Hebrew is active listening. You are listening so that you can do. If you're not doing it, you haven't heard it. <laughs> Here's what God God tells his people to do, hear and do. Hear, Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I have commanded you today shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets 
on your eyes, between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Basically, you should immerse yourself in the Word of God and have reminders all over the place, all over your house for what the Word says. We must love our our God with our whole heart. This has implications for parenting, and I'll talk about those in a moment. God, people, his people would recite the Shema every morning and every evening. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength. Um, it was the bookends of their day. They wanted to remind themselves of what was most significant as they started their day and ended it to love God with their whole heart, soul, and might. <clears throat> the next passage is uh, from the book of Malachi, the prophet. The backdrop for this verse is that God's people have been unfaithful to him. And specifically, the married men had been unfaithful to their wives. Part of God's word to Malachi unlocks the purpose of family by his design. Malachi 2.15 Has not the Lord made them one in flesh and spirit? They are his. And why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. Parenting is much more than feeding, changing diapers, wiping runny noses, helping with homework, shuttling around town to different activities. That's all important. But there is a greater purpose for parenting than that. According to the Bible, the purpose of parenting is to raise up the next godly generation. Families are designed to be the training camp for the next generation of kids. And, and they are for good or ill. God clearly explains this in Malachi 2.15. He invented marriage for a reason. And why one? Because he was seeking godly offspring. He makes a married couple one so they can work as a team to raise their kids to be godly. Biblical parenting focuses on the long game. It's not about your child becoming a scholar, an athlete, or a statesman at an early age, but developing godly character. Skills and achievements are nice, but character is valuable in every way. A major way we raise the next generation 
to be godly, according to the Shema, is by talking about the Word of God. And as you go through your day with your kids, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You must make teachable moments while driving around, having conversations in your home. You're, you're constantly talking about the Word of God, and you make it the center of your conversations in the home. Teachable moments are when your kids are having difficulty, and that's when they're open to instruction if you've been kind to them. They're more likely to hear it. With those key passages as a backdrop, I want to turn and ask, how do we raise up the next godly generation? If you're not a parent, I want to encourage you not to check out. These are specific verses that address parenting and family life. But they also speak to all relationships. We can gain a lot by how God parented Israel. And we'll see everyone in the church community has an important role in the lives of the kids involved in church life. First, the next godly generation, to raise the next godly generation, we must follow Jesus. It may sound like I'm being obvious, but you can't lead your kids somewhere where you haven't gone personally. You can help your kids in some areas without having experience, but you can't lead your kids to know Jesus Christ if you don't know him yourself. You're not going to follow Jesus perfectly, of course, but if you and I are going to raise up godly, the next godly generation, then we need to know and follow Jesus ourselves. You you learn from Jesus through God's Word, the Bible, and you pass along what you're learning to your kids. If you aren't following Jesus, CIV is a great place to explore what that means. And we'd love to help you. Let us know on your connection card by checking contact me about clarifying my commitment to Christ or check becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. The Lord wants to be involved in every part of our lives, and he will help us raise up the next godly generation if we trust him. Next, to raise up a godly generation, we must live and practice God's word daily. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. God uses his word, the Bible, 
to guide us. It is a proven playbook. An extensive study was done that shows the importance of God's word for spiritual growth. It was conducted by the Center for uh, Bible Engagement. This was an extensive survey of over 400,000 people worldwide from 24 countries and 75 Christian denominations. The findings show that engaging the Bible four or more days a week is the single most powerful predictor of spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is defined as becoming less of the person I was before I committed my life to follow Jesus and more like Christ in my thoughts, words, and deeds. As you yourself become more like Christ, another way of saying godly, you can lead your kids to be godlier. The study highlights what God has said in Deuteronomy 6. Knowing God's word and doing it is the number one factor in spiritual growth. The only way to do parenting is to know what the Bible says. You need to soak it up and immerse yourself in the Word. As we spend time reading the Bible, it goes through our eyes, into our mind, and then down into our heart, which is the core decision-making center of our life. Then, over time, we experience transformation from the inside out. The next key to raising up a godly generation is to be a team in marriage. The relationship between mom and dad and how they team is a major factor in raising our kids. God's ideal is for children to be raised in a home with both mom and dad. But that's not ideal in our broken world. Uh, The reality is not every child is raised in that environment. We, We can trust him to use any circumstances for their good if we love him. And this is why it's important to lead your kids to know and follow Christ by example. The best thing you can do for your kids is to have a healthy marriage and love your spouse. You, you you need to set an example of loving your spouse. The best thing you can do for your marriage is have a healthy personal walk with Lord Jesus. 
And if you're a single parent, the best thing you can do for your kids is to have a vibrant, real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Another way of raising up the next godly generation is to give loving correction and guidance. If you have raised a two-year-old or spent more time, more than five minutes with them, uh, you, you know that children need correction, loving correction and guidance. They must be taught and show, shown the ways of God over time. It's not automatic to anybody to follow God. Ephesians 4 acknowledges this reality and says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The phrase bring them up literally means to nourish and bring your kids up in a warm environment. It's talking about the right atmosphere for your relationship with your kids. You create the right atmosphere in your relationship with your kids through kindness. A friend, Deborah Bullock, wrote a very helpful and practical book on parenting called Parenting. Is there an app for that? This series is based on that book. The book is available on Amazon. Uh, but Deborah says that kindness creates an atmosphere that opens up your kids to receive your correction, guidance, and instruction. The book was written for moms of younger kids, but its, its principles apply for all ages of kids, and even their parents can get it and apply things. Um, a final key to raising up the next godly generation is don't attempt parenting alone. A church community is a very valuable resource for raising your kids. My kids have many others in our congregation who have, and they have benefited from the multiplied impact of godly examples to follow, such as aunts, uncles, cousins. We have people investing in our kids through KidZone and uh, CIB Student Ministry who are a major influence on our kids. Community groups are another way to connect with kids um, as we share events together. I, I want to encourage you as a parent to get involved in the church community. Don't just stay on the perimeter, but dive into the church community. Of course, there's a proper pace 
to building trust. But I want to encourage you, dive in as you build trust. Parents, I want to encourage you to leverage your relationships. Phone a friend, ask for help when you don't know what to do. I I did constantly. Um, there is someone in the church community who has been where you are. I guarantee it. We want to be a help to you as you raise your children. I wanted to encourage you to take some next steps. The first step, if you haven't already, commit to follow Jesus for the first time. You can check the box on the connection card. Contact me about clarifying my commitment to Christ or becoming a follower of Christ. And the second, I will take one of these action steps. Choose one of these based on what you need the most and circle it in your mind. Commit to live and practice the Bible. Work on my marriage. Give love and correction to your kids. Stop parenting alone and draw in to the church community. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for how you've given us so much practical instruction, Lord. I praise you and bless you for the way that you have helped us, you guide us through your word, the Bible. And I thank you for that. And I pray that you give us the power to take these next steps. And I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.